1: Hey guys,
2: welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kaza Show. I am pumped. I don't like these late games, you know, they really affect my schedule, a girl needs to sleep, but when the Reds win 6-0 and Joel Matip gets in on the scoring action and we have a clean sheet, well, you know what, exceptions need to be made and I'm really excited. I've got two excellent panelists for you tonight and some great callers and loads of people are joining us live on discord Uh please keep it interactive chat away to us we really appreciate it but first up let me introduce my guests It would not be a show without them and I am super excited to be speaking to these two guys it is a guy who has an impeccable record when it comes to these late night kickoffs should there have been any doubt that Liverpool were absolutely going to cruise this without breaking a sweat right before a final first up I am delighted to be joined by Carl again Carl
3: Great to be here again, Nina. And, you know, as I texted during the match to say that the record looked to be intact and, and I'm glad it was intact, kept intact in style. I mean, no better way to do it.
2: I to say, um, I think it's very, very tactical that you did it at half-time when we were 3-0 up and we looked really comfortable. I like that, a nice little insurance policy. Well, Carl, I really look forward to hearing your thoughts and just your overall impressions on that game and joining Carl on this podcast. It's awesome to have him on. Um it's my good friend. I've not spoken to him in a while. It's Justin Wells. Welcome back, Justine.
4: Oh, it's good to be here. I haven't spoken to you in a while. Glad that I'm speaking to you after a six 0 win, because I think the last time we spoke was uh Leicester one, Liverpool Nil, uh right around the holidays. And mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people were ruining the fact that the league might be gone. Then I believe that someone who didn't give up and actually has it committed in recording or whatever we want to call this now and just said, you know, just take it game by game. was me. And don't I look smart now?
2: N- don't both of you look smart because I <laughs> literally threw in the towel because I looked at the points, but my God, um, I-, I like being wrong. And I'll, I'll take being wrong, and I want to be wrong all the way till the end of the season, so bring it on, and Justin, you know what, fair play to you, because you did not shake one little bit. Um, Guys, um, before I get to the callers, I just want to get your, you know, my God, what a turn of fortune of the weekend, you know, Liverpool winning, beating Norwich, and then Man City doing a bit of a Spursy job there against Spurs, which was, like, quite unheard of, and the title race is back open. Uh, we have a game in hand. We played it today. Uh, Liverpool had to win. They did it so convincingly, six 0 So I want to get your thoughts in terms of this result before the final and the title race. I love the fact that there's so much going on. Carla, come to you first because there's lots of emotions.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was it was crazy over the weekend. Of course, we expected to beat Norwich but at the same time we expected uh, City yeah. to beat Spurs in a similarly easy manner and I actually didn't get to watch the City game because I was out for food with my fiance but I had my phone beside me. wasn't the best reception so I'm there trying to hold the phone up to the ceiling to, <laughs> to get updates and I think when, when City got the equaliser you, you kind of thought oh that's it but you know Spurs responded and an injury time winner was just just insane and now Spurs have gone back to being Spursy and <laughs> lost to Burnley tonight so I, I think it, it more so suggests that luck is on Liverpool's side it make me more positive about things the fact that, that that result was a complete enigma
2: absolutely I mean my word I um, uh, don't think I really celebrated a Harry Kane goal before but you know there's a first for everything. Just being, um, your thoughts on the whole situation, and there is a big
4: situation. <laughs> bring four trophies. That's my thoughts on the situation. Um, no, I mean, look, you can only be in with it. You can only be in in with a shout if you, if, if you try and you don't give up. And you know, I think the media had you know had buried the, the league, um, but you know, the, the some of the people who didn't were. Uh, the, the men in our uh, in our particular dressing room and then uh you know Tottenham Hotspur football club being city's bogey team I'm absolutely here for that like this is not the first time they've done this to them and it's and and it's always pretty funny because Harry Kane should have been a city player if Danny Levy didn't flex his muscles stupidly and It's all just kind of funny because both of those sides hurt themselves by not getting that deal done. I think Kane at city would be fantastic because he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have to do any of the running and defense that he does, but I'm not here to talk about them. I'm here to talk about Liverpool and you make your own luck and and going out there and and brushing leads. That was good. We needed to do that. And that was a super fun game to watch because Martin Tyler was miserable.
2: Oh, He was on my commentary as well, and I couldn't figure it out because obviously when we were winning, I couldn't, um, he sounded soulless, and I just did not know whether it had a lot to do with the fact that Liverpool were winning, or at that point, Manchester United were losing. Maybe, Yeah, I mean,
4: he definitely had one eye on the United match in the uh, press box, but, um, you know, there's no real winner or loser. There's no real issue that there's plenty of losers, but there's no real winner between Atletico and United. It's just, you know... one one team has to go through in that but I don't want to I don't wish either of them well
2: and that's absolutely fair right so I think we're all absolutely buzzing you know what it's pretty late so let's get our callers on thank you so much for you know everyone that stuck around who's joining us live who's contributing so you know keep let us know your thoughts actually Uh, type in how you're feeling um I will come to our first caller. It's a familiar voice. He doesn't really really need an introduction, but I'm gonna give him one all the same. Um here with the wonderful insight. Once again, it's Kieran. Kieran, welcome back. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure, my friend. Uh you know the drill, you know what to do. This is a Kieran segment, so fire away.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a very uh comprehensive one. Um mm-hmm. You know, start are um, having a good season and <laughs> defensively they're just a shambles and I was very confident that we would bang in a few goals past them and and so it proved.
2: And in particular, what really impressed you about that performance? Because I don't think Liverpool really broke a sweat but for me, I want to get your thoughts, but for me, Liverpool were just very, very clinical. Yeah,
0: we were very, very... Uh, Clinical. Um, I thought, um, you know, thought that despite not scoring, I thought Diaz was very lively and bright, and mm-hmm. obviously, um, I thought uh, Curtis. I thought he started off a bit, a uh, bit sloppily, but then he grew into the game, and I thought he was, and I thought he was brilliant actually. Um, then after, then once we just went uh one up really we just cruised from there really and hit just that's just a cricket score really
2: wonderful stuff well Kieran, uh thank you so much for that i'm going to come to the panel now sorry thank you
0: bye
2: thank you um enjoy enjoy the rest of the weekend you know hopefully you're buzzing on the weekend as well um Carl, I'm going to come to you first because um, I think we're in this really, really fantastic position now where Jurgen Klopp has the luxury to rotate and obviously it's a very different team against, um, you know, those few changes made from the Norwich game. Our, our usual f- um, full-backs were in. The midfield had Curtis Jones, you know, um, been away with injury, was even on the bench against Norwich, but obviously he was starting today. Thiago and Fabinho and um, obviously Diaz in and... Um, Salah and Mane, who were unchanged, and the centre back pairing is the centre back, uh, the centre back pair, pairing. So, I want to get your thoughts. What do you make of team lineup? Because I feel like I don't know, I don't know personally, but I didn't see any meltdowns. I was happy with it personally as well.
3: No, I, I, I don't think there was any kind of negativity towards the team, and I, I, I honestly feel that there wouldn't have been. Regardless of who the team was, because I think there's a lot of confidence in the the squad that Klopp has to choose from at the moment, and and even some of the the fringe players, like say Taki, for example, he's been scoring goals in the cups and that. So if, if he'd suddenly popped up, I, I don't think there would have been too many eyebrows raised, especially with Jota and Firmino at the moment. And there was talk before the game of Auriggy potentially starting and and possibly Mane getting a rest. And I personally didn't have any issue with that if if it had happened and I I think with the midfield we kind of had an idea it would be Fabinho and Thiago given that they didn't start the the weekend and and the talk was who the third midfielder would be. A lot of people seemed to be leaning towards Harvey Elliott surprisingly he wasn't even in the squad but uh, Curtis Jones came in and unfortunately I can't remember who but I, I recall earlier in the week I saw someone I follow on Twitter suggesting that they wouldn't be surprised to see Curtis come in given how you know he makes those runs through midfield he's such a good dribbler and that that could cause a lot of problems for leads who tend to ma- mark man to man regardless of the situation and you know I, I think Jones came in and and you know he, he certainly left Klopp with no regrets because he he played quite well I mean my biggest criticism of Jones is that sometimes he can dawdle on the ball too much looks maybe like he's daydreaming somewhat but I I, I think there was very little of that today he was releasing it quicker he was popping up here there and everywhere and it was a solid performance from him and it kind of reminds Klopp even though now he has so many midfield options that you know, Jones is certainly still one of them. So, I had no problem with the team, and I, I think obviously they 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 showed they were the right team for the night, given the result.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I definitely felt like he definitely grew more and more into that game as well, and his decision making was better. And like you said, a quick release of ball, and I felt like you know him certainly in the second half. I felt more and more of a, like a cohesion and a link up play between him and. Marcel as well. I think he was just eager to get him his hat trick. Uh Justin, I'm gonna come to you. Um your thoughts on the team lineup and you know, just any any thoughts on them.
4: Well you know this. You know that I stopped responding to lineups the second that you retweeted me and nuked my Twitter account into oblivion <laughs> after Adam Lalala started <laughs> against Burnley at Anfield in the eighteen nineteen season.
2: I was so... gonna say that was a long time ago. Are you still holding that grudge against me? I thought it was I hilarious. am still holding that grudge against you. I thought like, it, it was
4: I mean, people thought that I was really being serious, that I was upset that I played 3,000 miles to see Adam Lallana play, but um, I didn't care we won. I, I, this, this is, I'm a very reductive fan when it comes to certain things. Um, if the lineup we put out wins, in hindsight, in retrospect, I'm happy with it. If it, if it doesn't win, and depending upon on the circumstances, I, you know, losing to a bad team, then I'm unhappy with it. But I don't want to prejudge lineups because I've done that so many times that I've been wrong so many times. But at this point, I just think that, you know what, we have one of the strongest squads in world football, and regardless of who plays, we should beat almost every team, with a few exceptions of, you know, I just don't think that you should play Henderson and Milner for 90 minutes in midfield together, which I think that everybody basically agrees upon. But all other kinds of ways within which we can line up, um, I'm going to give Jurgen Klopp the benefit of the doubt, because uh, he's pretty sure about this football thing, and I'm a moron so. Um. Yeah. You, know, you just, you've got to defer to the expert.
2: You absolutely do. You absolutely do. Right. You know what? We'll go to our second call and then we'll chat about the game. Um. I believe we will be joined by Dell. Dell, are you there?
5: Hello. How are you doing? You right, We're good,
2: thank you. It's great to have you back on. Yeah. And um, we give you a shout out because everyone was right. So on the last pod, you said Spurs will get, will get three points against Man City. So, um, um, just I told to you, yeah, okay, I told but, you. Yeah, the
5: is yours. Yeah, my boy Luis Diaz, you're doing fucking madness. I, I, I told everyone from the summer, yeah, he's the player that's going to change our attack, and I've been proven right. Yeah, The guy's coming, and he is a fucking monster. Yeah, he's, he's so reminded of Luis Suarez. The way how he's like he's tenacious, he just doesn't give a shit, he, he gets stuck in. Yeah, he gets fouled. He jumps back up. He laughs at the player. Yeah. And... We lost Dell there. It's no, no. You. Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, just his whole enthusiasm here towards the game is amazing. Um, you know, is um, you know, you know, his tenacity. The way he hunts the balls, um, in passing and stuff and all that sort of stuff. Um but 6 0. Uh I'm telling you guys, the leagues wrapped up. Yeah, so we're winning the league here year from here now. Um I don't give a shit what anyone says. Yeah, uh the Champions Leagues are as well. FA Cup a bit I'm I'm a bit unsure of, but we're gonna slap Chelsea this weekend. Yeah. And if we do win the FA Cup, this Will undoubtedly be the greatest English Premier League team ever. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. But that's what I just want to say. The quad's on. Enjoy the night, guys. And the title race has just been activated. So says BBC Sport. BBC Sports is telling you stuff I said in December.
2: it's a part of everyone being right except for me. I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll have my moments as well. I'm sure I will. I mean, Justin, I'll come to you. I mean, your thoughts on just Luis Diaz. I mean, I thought he was... Um, I have to agree with... Dell, maybe because he's a brand new player, maybe he's exciting, but I do like to watch him. I do love his movement. I love the fact that he is strong. I love the fact that when he loses the ball, he kind of chases it back. And, you know, um, there was so much involvement. But I think one of the crucial things, and this is just like randomness, but I think the Mane goal came around about 80 minutes. We were 3-0 at that point. And it was his press that kind of linked, um, kind of... um, was the kind of instigator of the whole um, Sadio Mane goal, you know, Salah to Hendo, um, handle with a lovely pass to um, Sadio Mane, you know, he got things rolling again. Picked up yeah,
4: things. I mean, it's really fun because he, first off, he loves to take a man off the dribble, which is a thing that we haven't had a ton of because, you know, Salah loves taking, Salah can do it, but he doesn't do it as much as, he doesn't seem to do it unless he wants to score like you know, a spectacular, worldly goal. Mane, that, that's a part of his game that is fading a little bit, is the ability to square a man up in space and then just go right by them. Diaz is doing that with, with, with a lot of regularity. Now, I, I'm a little bit more circumspect just on how he's started at Liverpool because of the fact that I think that he has been the rare player who seems to have mastered our off-ball game plan before mastering our on-ball one you can still see that there's a little bit that he needs to do and learn about how to actually interact and play with some of our other players. Cause you know, I think that there's the chemistry on ball is still not fully there yet, which makes sense. Cause he's been there now for about three weeks. So obviously this, these things take time, but that's, you know, to me a ridiculously good start because we're already talking about him being instrumental and kind of changing the way we play. Now I don't think that he's changed the way we play. I don't think that he needed to, drastically change or you know be relied upon to improve our attack because you know remember earlier this season we set the we, we set a record that hadn't been set in nearly a hundred years for games scoring two plus goals so scoring goals hasn't really been a problem for us having more players who can do it that just that just gives you more ways to hurt teams and that's kind of fun and you know it, it, it's what we've seen in the past two games where we've gone out and just talked to two premier league teams three nil six nil which is a Lot or 3 1 and 6 0, which is a lot, and you're and having a lot of different ways to hurt teams fun. I'm a big fan of it. I definitely enjoy the player. I was not in, insanely high on him when he, we signed him, but that's also just because I hadn't seen him play a whole lot. And now that I've seen him play a, a bunch for us, um, yeah, I love him. Yeah,
2: he's absolutely fantastic and. And I'll come to you. What do you make of his, um, uh, his sort of trajectory so far? You know, I think Justin's right. He's only been here for three weeks. I think one thing that Klopp kind of alluded to in his presses or when he spoke about Diaz is the fact that he's a quick learner. He's eager to learn. And, you know, even in his first little outings, you just saw this natural kind of. I don't know. It, he didn't look out of place. And that's a big thing in that attack as well. Because it takes a while to kind of establish yourself. And I think he pretty he has hit the ground running. And. I feel like he just
3: brings a new kind of spark and energy to the attack. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I'd be with Justin that I wasn't 100% convinced when he was coming. I wasn't against the signing, don't get me wrong, but I just thought what I'd seen of him, there was a lot of talent, but maybe the consistency wasn't quite there. But again, you know, my sample size of of Porto games wouldn't be massive, um, to be fair. But, I mean... He's just hit the ground running. Uh, Klopp said in, in midweek that he hasn't had to say anything to him about counter pressing because he just gets it. And I think that's clear for all to see his, his off the ball work is, is fantastic. And even though, as Justin suggested, he hasn't quite clicked, you know, with the the players around him. Is it, there's been moments, you know, class finds class as, as the saying goes, but you know, that the kind of the, Established partnerships aren't quite there yet, so it's scary to think how good he'll be when those partnerships are there and when he's had a, a run in the team. And you know, maybe if not for the injury to Jota, who knows would he would he be getting as much time on the pitch at this moment as he has? But you know, he's he's taken that opportunity, he's grabbed it by the horns, and and. Right now, it's going to be hard for, for anyone to get back in the team ahead of him because he just looks like he he's made to be part of this team. And it's it's so exciting to see how that's going to develop even better as it, as it goes forward.
2: Absolutely, absolutely watch this space. Right, that was Del, um wanting to, you know, hype up Diaz. And we're all here for it and long may it continue. Um, I think he excites a lot of people and I think the fans not only in the stadium but you know on a global scale just um are very very excited about this player and um you know if you can you know stamp your authority and make a mark in that attack well you know what you are truly truly special indeed guys uh let's kind of go back to a little bit to <laughs> you've got to go to the top um, let's talk about this game. And, Carla, I'm going to come to you because, obviously, it starts off and um, I think, you know, Liverpool looked really, really decent. Um, I think there was only maybe a little little scary moment with Alisson. You know, nothing nothing too concerning, but James kind of catches him on the blind spot when he's taking his kick, but luckily nothing came of it. But, you know, it kind of bothered me because the commentator, and I can't think which one it was, it might have been Tyler, that said, ooh, the player was too honest there, almost like encouraging him and willing him to sort of dive for the penalty. And I'm like, well, it's kind of hypocritical, considering if a foreigner does it, it's seen as cheating and diving. Like, I don't know, like that kind of bothered me to begin with. Um, But yeah, I don't think Leeds did an awful lot. But, you know, 13 minutes in, uh, Liverpool just looked really decent. Um, A penalty and a clear penalty had to be a penalty. Um, You know, um, I think it was their player Dallas with the handball.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, as you said, Leeds started the, the game with a, you know, as they always do, they're an enigma in that, you know, it doesn't matter that they lost their last two, uh, three games, conceding 10 goals, it doesn't matter they're in a relegation battle, it doesn't matter they're away at Anfield, they're going to just come out and try and pile forward. Mm-hmm. And they do that and and maybe Liverpool are a little slow to start and it almost catches them out on the Allison, But I'd agree with you completely. It wasn't a penalty. I mean, it's a Mm 50-50. The ball spins loose and and Matip deals with it. Um, But aside from that, you know, Leeds were huffing and puffing, but they weren't really creating anything. And. You know, the, the risk, as I I mentioned earlier, leads defend, you know, completely in 1v1s and therefore you're going to get where you have a a man advantage. And Robertson is that man advantage. He's free on the left. And I knew straight away when he got the ball, he's going to cause havoc here. And he puts in the cross and Dallas can't get his arm out of the way. And it's a, it's, it's a clear peno. And I mean, by the, the, the current rules and, um, obviously, you never bet against Mosala when he when he takes picks the ball up and places it on the spot. You 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 know he's going to put that peno in the the back of the net, and that's exactly what he did.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Just so much confidence, and just in your your thoughts on on the penalty. I mean, he's just so clinical. I mean, I want to get your thoughts. Just on, you know, the the, the penalty, the build-up, and even your thoughts on like, the whole James situation as well. I don't, I don't know if we had the same commentary, but, like, I'm sure it was time. No, we did. I,
4: I had to listen to Martin Tyler and Stephen Warnock, just like everybody else. Um, mm. It was brutal. They're morons. I hope to never hear them again. I'm sure I will. I'm sure it'll bother me. But, um, I mean, it's a nice It's a It's a very clear penalty. I love Stuart Dallas, by the name. Not the player, not anything about him, but it's just a great name. Um... But uh, it's a clear pen, and I'm really just more excited to talk about a goal that happens later in this.
2: Yes, we're coming up to that. We're coming up to that. Um, but, you know, in, in that little bit of time as well, of course, um, a Rafinha offside, which is a clear offside. I thought, um, Justin, I'll stick with you on this as well. I mean, there wasn't much of a threat from Leeds. I think Carl's absolutely spot on. And I think what kind of, if they were going to have a little chance, and this was maybe their little this was maybe their little spell where they tried to sort of have their little moment, but they were trying to hit us on the counter. But I think our high line just dealt with them really well. And we were just catching them offside. So there was just real, no threat from them whatsoever. I think the uh, shot happened around, but I mean, the offside was about 27 minutes. So they just had like a small little time.
4: It did. And then look, the, the Rafinha panel, the Rafinia goal that is overturned, but that doesn't count because it was six yards offside anyway. Um, Six yeah. is an ex- exp- exaggeration, but he's, he's well off. But it does come off of a foray into midfield by jo- by Joel Matip that did not come off well.
2: Yep.
4: and he was not deterred by that.
2: He was not, and you know what? You just teed yourself up nicely, and you know what? We have seen those marauding runs from the middle of the park, and you've seen his legs sort of cave in in the final third. But you know, let's let's just let's just paint the image. You know, has um, to Matip, um, you know, makes a run in the middle. And then he passes it out wide to Salah. And, um, uh, you know, Salah with a gorgeous pass. I mean, talk to me. My word.
4: It's a gorgeous pass. But you know what? All credit for this goal comes from the man who dribbled as far as he possibly could, passes it off into a space that he could easily receive the ball from back from, and finishes it with a plum. That is a fantastic goal from Joel Matip. We've all wanted it we all got it. I hope to see that happen again at some other point in my lifetime, but if it doesn't happen while he's still at Liverpool, you know what? This one this one opportunity to see that gorgeous gorgeous man do this was fantastic and I want to see a version of the goal with Virgil van Dijk commentating it just to see exactly how much of the piss he can take at Joel Matip because that's a it's just it's everything you wanted to see from him when he's wanted, when he's done that. He's an extremely likable player. You want to see extremely likable players do things that are that bring you joy, and he did a thing that brought me joy. And it's you know it's nice to see also because he's had a few games recently where he hasn't looked particularly great. And against Norwich, you would have figured those opportunities to dribble would have been there, and he wasn't taking them. So it was nice to see him reach back, grab some confidence, and you know do what we've all dreamed of.
2: Absolutely, and you know what, Carl, talk to me about that goal. I mean, I think. I was kind of hoping that maybe Jordan Henderson gives him a little bit of payback and spashes him on his head a few times. I think that was the only thing that might have been missing. But my word, um, I think we were all waiting for a Joel Matip goal. So talk to me about that. I think it just brought a lot of joy, you know?
3: Yeah. I I mean, as Justin said, you you can't help but love Joel. And, you know, every time he makes one of those marauding runs into midfield, we're, we're just, picturing him either, you know, kind of skipping past three or four before slotting it in or or maybe rifling it top corner from the edge of the box. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen too often. But, I mean, he had a lot of joy as far as his runs went today. And I think the way, as I said, Leeds set up with the the 1v1 defending, once he shirks off his man, there's, there's just open fields for him to gallop into. And he took full advantage. And it's just... To, to see a centre half playing a nice little one-two at one of your forwards, before putting it into the the back of the net, it, it's it, it's the kind of goal you're you're going to remember and enjoy for for a long time to come. Um, and it's just fantastic. I mean, the, you know, for
2: the, me as well. Like when you like, I I always thought his goal would be a bit of a clumsy one. I'm not going to lie, but he took that really well.
3: He, he did. Uh, I mean, he, he has these. These moments in in the box where you'd almost think, as people were joking on the Discord calling him a number 10, and he does just have those moments. I mean, I look back to remember his assist for Oregon, um, in the Champions League final. Um, again, his assist obviously just only a few games ago, like he has this, this vision, this, like, you'd think, you'd want, I wonder if maybe he was an attacker when he was a youth player or something like that, because he just seems to have something in him when he gets into those areas.
2: He does. He does. What a fabulous play! I mean, he was a
4: midfielder. He was a midfielder at points in time in his career at Schalke. Um, something, something that I think is very unfair on tall guys, which you know usually ends up lending itself to center backs, is if you look at guys like Mamadou Sakho or Joel Matip, it's because of the fact that they're incredibly tall and their limbs are really long. Every single mm. one of their activities looks more gangly than it is. It's but like, want some respect on them. They're professional athletes and center backs playing extremely high level football they are far more coordinated than you
2: very, and i say you seen
4: everybody not necessarily you nina or you carl although they're more coordinated than the two of you and me they're more he's more they're more coordinated with me than me too
2: this is also very very true but i think i just think on from a visual perspective you just think they're not but yeah um yeah you're absolutely spot on i mean long may it continue and you know what it was good to see him have a bit of joy and like you said Justin as well you know he might have had a few um performances where you know he might have not looked his best and of course he was very very unfortunate to stick out that silly leg against Norwich and of course it deflected off of him um you know so it's good to, good for him to get that goal um right let's kind of move on because you know what it was action pretty pretty quicker and you know. um we have another penalty. I mean, ailing this time, I think he clips Mane. Um, there was obviously a shirt pull outside the box, but then obviously I think he clipped him in the box. And we have another penalty. And Justin, I'm going to come to you because, again, that man, Mo Salah, there shouldn't be any doubt, but, you know, picks the same spot, but the keeper knows about it. But this time he just sort of, um, you know, puts it higher. Simple. Yeah,
4: this is where this is where I'm going to point out that Leo Messi is crap at penalties, and you know, it's not necessarily um, a, a throwaway skill. Being able to finish from the spot very important. It would be even more important if we actually got the amount of penalties we deserve for the amount of times we actually act. But today we actually did, and um, it's good to have a guy who really, really, really um, just. Every time he steps up to the penalty to the penalty spot, I'm confident he's going to score. Now I know that some other people, because of the way in which he does it, don't always feel that way. Um, I'm not going to call out anyone in particular here, Henry Jackson, but you know what you are, but you know who you are. Um, and he, uh, you know he, he stepped up and he, and he and he rifled it in, and it, it. I'm I'm just full of confidence when he does it. Um, so yeah, that was fun. I I enjoy being three 0 up before halftime against a team that you're.
2: That isn't
4: going to come
2: back against you. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, but it's also worth noting as well that they were out with a few injuries, and I think Bamford being one of the more more noticeable ones, which is why maybe they were really, really quiet up top, and there was absolutely no service, and you know, it was very easy for us. And Carla, come to you. I mean, your thoughts on the penalty? Your thoughts on the whole decision? Um, I think there was. Um, I think Tiago was um talking to the ref about a potential red card but because it was he went to kind of I don't know play the ball rather play the man so it was at the referee's discretion I think that's the new rule now um because he was the last man ailing but um your thoughts on the penalty
3: yeah I think it's it's a good ball in behind is obviously alert to it and he you know But at that point, the the Leeds defenders are second best and and they're going to be just scrapping for it. And and that's exactly what happens with Ailing. He's pulling at Mane. He can't pull him down. And in the end, he just clips him in the box. And I mean, obviously, with the rules, double jeopardy, you know, it can't be a red card and a penalty if it looks like an honest attempt to play the ball. I mean, it's as close to not being an honest attempt to, to play the ball as you can possibly get. But, you know, I think the ref gets it right in that sense. Um, but, you know, again, you just, uh, uh, you can't uh Salah from the spot. As Justin said, like, he, it does look awkward. Like, it's never a convincing penalty you know it's not like a Dirk Kite was insane at penalties so convincing but with Salah when you're watching him take it the way he hits it you're probably like oh no maybe the keeper could get there but the the keeper never gets there so it works for him and and obviously that's why we we can always be confident on him to, to put it in the back of the net
2: we can absolutely, we can absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think people are really, I think he had a bit of a, a shocking penalty. Was it, was it Leicester?
3: Yeah, he he, he missed against Leicester. It Lester was, was Leicester. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people I, get
4: uh, scarred by misses. It, it, yes. it's, it's ridiculous. Like he's, like, I think he's, I think he's taken around 30 pence for us and he's missed too. If anybody in any sport did anything, 28 times out of 30, you'd say like, yeah, that person's good at this.
2: It's very true, it's very true, but people always remember the ones that he didn't score, which, you know, just just tells you everything about the, the negative mindset. But yeah, he's, he is the sure thing when it comes to penalties and, um, you know, got two today. And, um, you know, that was pretty much the half, just in and I felt like, you know, my my thoughts, I want to get your thoughts on this, I felt like, you know, you look at that scoreline and you think, oh, Liverpool are absolutely bossing this, they're absolutely trashing them. But for me, it just seemed like, it was just more Liverpool just being very, very clinical. Two penalties as well. But, you know, we were in the right positions. We were doing the right things. Everything looked decent for us. I mean, that was my takeaway from the first half. And, you know, Leeds just, I think, in my opinion, just provided zero threat. There was nothing to them. And, you know, I, felt, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on this, but obviously we come out for the second half. And I felt like, I don't know what says to them, because we're not privy to the, such information, but it was almost like they were told to take the foot off the gas ever so slightly even more, you know, like just conserve yourself, you know, hold your energy. There's a big game on Sunday.
4: It's game state, right? Mm. Teams always will look, a team almost always will look better coming out and playing you. When you're 3-0 up, they know they don't have a chance of coming back and they're just trying to get themselves a goal from the game to look better. It's it's, it's psychology. Like, you know, we also know that we can take, like, because never felt threatened at all in the first half Leeds didn't have a shot at the first half like not a shot on target a shot shot off target not on target no shot so basically we played a perfect half of football three nil scored one from open play two penalties i think our xg was three to nil in the first half i think single half xg is ridiculous to even start to quote but it just tells you the level of Absolute dominance in that first half. We could have done whatever we wanted to in the first half, and we did. And it just meant that it just meant that we didn't have to play the rest of the game as much as we as much as we needed to. And then, for good measure, we still scored three goals in the last 15 minutes of the game to blow them completely out of the water. But these are the luxuries you can afford yourself when you go out and you completely dominate. It's like Leeds isn't coming back down three 0 at Anfield. Sorry, it's just not happening. And you know, Tyler and Warnock seem to think Leeds improved. I don't think Leeds improved. I just think you're right. We took our foot off the gas. And why? We we earned the right to. So, you know, no real complaints there. You, you want to get through games like that. Like, if you can win every game that comfortably, you'd be the greatest side ever. We're not going to. But I really, but, but I, I enjoy watching games like this because they leave very, very little of the heart palpitation and they turn the second half into a glorified exhibition. And that's always kind of fun
2: come to you because at 3-0 I'm like sat there thinking you know if I were hosting a show this would be the perfect time to do a, a face mask and get a pamper session in because I was just so calm you know everything just seemed very relaxed but I want to get your thoughts because my again I think Justin kind of quoted what was going on with the commentary and I'm like well you're completely watching something different to me yet yeah, uh, Bielsa made some subs and it you know and they were trying to make something happen which you would expect but as a whole, I wasn't threatened. Um, it just felt like Jurgen Klopp has got very, very intelligent game management where he's pretty much told them, look, you're three-nail up. You don't need to, you know, overexert yourself.
3: Yeah, I mean, there was... It was clear that we came out in in a low gear um, at the start of the second half, and I, as you say, Leeds made some changes. I, I think I do think moving Dallas into midfield improved them slightly, but we're talking maybe going from like a, a two out of ten to a three out of ten type of thing. I mean, it, it's pretty damning for Leeds, as as Justin said, they they had no shots in the first half, and in the second half they had three shots, and I. I I remember them all, and I, you should be able to come in a game remembering all of the opposition's chances. I mean, their their first chance comes when Jones gave the ball away. It's a mm-hmm. shot straight down the throat of Allison. Yeah. Second, no. Ravinia from range again straight at Allison, and the mm-hmm. third, which is only decent chance of the night, Furpo gets in on the left and plays it into to, to um, Ailing. I think it was who, who shoots. Harmlessly wide, like that. That was it. Like that was the one time they got in a dangerous position in an onside play. Like they were toothless, completely toothless. And I know they're missing Bamford at the moment, but even so like you, you would have expected them to to be more of a threat i mean they they certainly carried more of a threat against united on the weekend i i watched that game so it, it's it's a real testament to us i mean that's that's now two out of three games where we we've pretty much blunted the opposition first inter and and now leeds and it's really impressive and and tonight it was without breaking a sweat which Completely shows how quality the, the players we have in defensive areas are, and and how easily they they can shut out the opposition when they're on their game.
2: You mentioned the inter game and how we sucker punched them right at the end, and you know, and we pretty much came to life, um, uh, you know, in you know from the eighty minutes. But Justin, I'm going to come to you. Despite us, apparently, according to commentary and and such things, of obviously taking the foot off the gas. But you know, Mo Salah gets two penalties. Um, so he scores two penalties um, but you know, he he looked really lively today he looked so lively I mean, he had a, he had a few chances I think on the 59 minutes he cuts inside to whip it in but um, the keeper makes a save he could have got more on that shot but you know, he was doing things I think Jones tries finding him and you know, he was showing good decision making um, he was just I thought um Salah had a, a, a decent game
4: I think he did too, but if we were doing match ratings, I'd have to be relative and only give him a seven because of the fact yeah. that he should have scored about st- about nine goals. Um,
2: he, he, was, he wasn't he even performing at his peak best, which is scary.
4: He completely terrorized them. Like yes. teams are frightened of teams are frightened of him. Mosala has we've we've played twenty five games in the league, twenty five or twenty six. Salah has twenty eight goal involvements, more goal involvements than games in a low scoring sport. That's pretty damn impressive. Um, you know, it's 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 it speaks volumes when you can talk about the gap in the end product numbers between Mo Salah and then like Diogo Jota and Sadio Mane, the second and third leading scorers in the Premier League, by the way. And Salah is just like, you know, lapping them. He's, he's, he's on pace for one of the, he's going to put together one of the the best seasons we'll ever see a player. Right. And you know, who's the only person who's put on a, a, a season in recent memory better than him? Only Mo Salah when he's in his first season with Liverpool. Um, he's incredible, he's a joy to watch and give him as much money as he wants, please,
2: please. second that, I mean your only competition is yourself, right Carl? I mean what did you make of Mo Salah because uh, for me he, I don't know who's made Mo Salah angry but I'm here for it because he was really really angry against um, Norwich over the weekend but today as well, you know, just showed so much tenacity and he, he should have scored so many goals but he was having fun
3: yeah, like uh, I'd agree with that. analysis. like, he, he seemed to be enjoying his game. Like I, I, I think much like a lot of the rest of the team, he, he didn't really have to break a sweat to do it. But regardless, he, he had a lot of chances. And as Justin suggested on another day, he, he may well have had five or six goals. Like it, he, he was just such a, a danger, even when he's he's not giving it a hundred percent. Um, and I, I'm just. Ex- so I'm completely expecting at this point that he's going to come out on on Sunday and and he will give it a hundred percent and and we'll see a complete stormer from from Salah against uh, his his uh, long forgotten former team. Um it, It's like he's I, I every time I'm on this show the contract comes up and. I, when I'm watching them play really well, I'll be honest, I forget about the contract situation and then someone reminds me and it kind of brings me down. But I, I just, I'm hoping that the rumors that you see popping up every few days that the, the club have it tied up in the background and, and they're just waiting for kind of a, a downturn. You know, kind of it like a quiet period, let's say, to announce it and, and give people things to, to to be excited about. I'm I'm hoping that's the truth because, I mean, we need to keep him around as as long as possible because he's just a fantastic player. Like he he is a he's a he's a world elite player. Like he he may well be the best player in the world at the moment. A group move may well.
2: I think Justin just put in the chat box there, Ballon d'Or isn't going to win itself, but yeah, everyone in the chat box pretty much is all about um, uh, Mo Salah right now, and rightly so, um he's incredible, and um yeah, best player on the planet. I mean, guys, I mean, Justin, I'm going to come to you because obviously we've spoken about the attack there, but you know, the midfield combo, what did you make of him today? Because obviously we did see a couple of changes. We saw Thiago coming off for Captain Jordan Henderson. And then shortly after, we saw Milner on for Curtis Jones. So I want to get your thoughts on the initial midfield and obviously the changes which needed to be made. But your thoughts on... I thought Thiago was just wonderful. You know, the he... It's his passing for me.
4: It's the way he does everything for me. He just knows how to use space so well. He knows how to manipulate the pace of the pace of where things need to go. He's like he's an elite jazz musician who has total control of his instrument and can make his bandmates play whatever he wants them to play. If they want to play bebop, they play bebop. If they want to play funk, they play funk. If they want to play, uh, you know, a lullaby, they play a lullaby. But they have, but but he gives you the ability to to do all of those things. And make no mistake, he's he's the leader of this particular band when he plays, right? He's very, very important in setting the tone. He has the perfect complementary player to him in Fabinho who gets all over the pitch, creates space for Thiago, does a ton of dirty work, and also himself is actually just really good with the ball. Like, mm-hmm. if you had to put this midfield up against Alonzo Mascherano, I'm taking this one every single time. Ooh. It's better. It's better. I, I don't care how, how much more how, how tenacious Mascherano was in the tackle. Fabinho tackles better than him has longer legs. And he uses the ball better and tiago is you know as good or if not better a controller controller and and pace setter than gabby so yeah i'm i'm absolutely taking this midfield over them but then you know uh put into the put into the chat box and discord uh paul put in some uh some interesting stats about curtis jones today who was dispossessed only once so the whole thing of everybody thinking that he's dawdling on the ball is perhaps a preconceived notion of bias predicated upon games. He's played earlier this season. Cause I didn't see any of that. I thought he was good. The entire time I thought he was really well, 10 ball recoveries leading the entire leading everybody and completed six dribbles, complete eight, completed 88% of his passes Seemed to create a lot of opportunities. And he had one really, really nice slick shot from his left foot, but he did try to play Moen for a hat trick when I thought it was actually easier for him to maybe take a shot on and finish mm-hmm. himself too. So, um, those situations, if th- if this game was nil nil when that happened, I'd be probably a little bit perturbed at the at the, at the lack of selfishness there. But uh, again, given the game state and where it was and what Sala was, you know, going for a hat trick, I, I have no problems with it. But I just thought Curtis Jones is very good, and I I, I mean, I, I'm a big Curtis Jones fan. I think he's you know the realist of deals, and I also just love the fact that we have a you know a, a, a scouse midfielder coming through who's you know arrogant in the good way.
2: One thing that really impresses me, I want to get your thoughts, Carl, on, on both Tiago and Jones. And I thank you, Justin, for those um, numbers and stats. And, you know, a massive shout-out to... Who was it that put them in? Sorry, i have to scroll Paul.
4: Paul of the Positivity Podcast.
2: Paul of the Positivity Podcast. So thank Paul you. Paul of the
4: Positivity.
2: Yep. Paul uh, for, of the Positive um, Pod. Yeah. Positive Paul, let's call him that. Um, I mean... Carl, I'll come to you. I want to get your thoughts on, on both Thiago and Curtis Jones as well. And I think one thing that I absolutely love is the fact that, you know, when, when people like Curtis Jones do come on, with, and we've got so many games as a final, I like the fact that everyone's just eager to impress. Every You know, we've seen Harvey Elliott really, really impressed since he's come back from his injury and before that. So, I mean, I want to get your thoughts because this is a headache that I think every manager wants.
3: Yeah, certainly. I mean, we talked about the, the squad options earlier when, you know, discussing the, the team selection and uh, particularly in the midfield at the moment, there's a, a wealth of options. So much so as, as we said earlier, Elliot didn't even make the bench. And, um, I, I think you, you look at Fabinho. Like he looked a little tired against Inter Milan when he came off for Henderson and you know, he'd had a good game. Don't get me wrong, but he looked tired. He played a lot of games lately and, and we were able to take him off in that game, went on to win the game. And then obviously we left him out for Norwich and then he's come back in tonight refreshed. And how good is it to be able to, to, to rest a key player and just and let them recharge that bid and so they can be a hundred percent and. That that's the option. Fine. That's the kind of opportunity that that having these options gives you. And you know, Thiago, he was fantastic again tonight. He obviously came on against Norwich and and was fantastic. Like. When he's on it, he makes football look effortless. His movement's effortless. His passing's effortless. It's just a complete joy to watch. And it's so important because he he makes us tick and he kind of cuts down on that over-reliance on the full-backs, you know, they're... Our fullbacks deliver nine times out of 10, but there can be games where maybe good tactics from the opposition or maybe an off night can make it difficult for them. And, and on, it's those games where we can kind of struggle for creativity. But when you have Thiago in there and he's purring, you know, it, it doesn't matter because he's going to make you take, He's going to create those opportunities. He's, he's going to make attacks start and, and it's, it's just great to, to have him there and Klopp talked about how good he is and, and how they're working to try and keep him fit. And I, I think obviously, again, a big part of that is, is having that, that option to rotate and, you know, bring the likes of Kata and Henderson in, give Tiago rest, bring them back in for the next game. It's just fantastic to, to have the, those options. I mean, just, I, 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 feel I'll be waxing lyrical about options options for the next three months because we, we didn't really have them earlier in the season, especially in, in that midfield area. And as for Curtis Jones, as as I touched on earlier, he you know, he had maybe one or two iffy games recently. He also had a couple of good games, and that's natural for a younger player that they're gonna be up and down. But I, I do think he was very good tonight. I, I remember at one point he, he lost the ball in the tackle, but then he was quickly back around working with Thiago to, to win back possession and, and we were quickly off on another attack and like he he was tenacious he you know his his passing was really good um and and those runs as as i said i wish i remembered who tweeted it but that the person has suggested he would be a good choice for Leeds no so kudos to them they they got it right because uh he he certainly made a difference in it with those runs through midfield
2: mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? We're speaking about the substitutes, Carl, and I'm gonna stick with you because we of course we spoke about Diaz's involvement in in the goal round about eighty minutes. But um you know, the sub Hendo again, um, you know, it was a gorgeous um, ball from uh from Mursala to Jordan Henderson who, you know, finds Sadio Mane is so perfectly and it's a gorgeous goal, but it's great to see that these subs, when they are made, are having an impact, which is very, very similar to what happened with Jordan Henderson against Norwich.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we talked earlier about um, Henderson and, and Keita coming on against Inter Milan and, and making a difference, and Thiago against Norwich, and then now, tonight, again, Henderson comes on and, and does well I mean the, the goal was just it kind of summed up Liverpool pressing high obviously Diaz is, is pressing on the keeper that forces the keeper to, to release it quickly and then Henderson is powering through midfield he intercepts the clearance and then links up well with Salah gets in behind and, and then finds Mane who finds the top of the net and I mean it, it it's just we haven't had that really in in the first half of the season you know when half our midfielders were out and you know we only had the the three three or four attackers to to pick from you know aurigi of all people was injured for a few months. I think that sums up our, our, injuries in, in the, uh, the early side of the, the season. But, you know, now we have those options. We can make those subs and, and those subs can change game. When you're bringing on a, a player of quality and, you know, you have to be of a certain level of quality to, to, play for a club like Liverpool. Let's, let's make no mistake about it. And if you're bringing on that level of quality fresh on, and especially when you're playing these, this is why you know, the lower teams fought against the five subs where they didn't want it in this league because they know that these clubs have players in their squad that can hurt them. And I think Liverpool are showing that at the moment with, with the big impact that the subs are having.
2: In the three subs and club made all three. And Justin, I'm going to come to you because all three were kind of devastating in those little latter stages because, of course, you know, Diaz came off for Origi as well. And, of course, we know Origi went on a a kind of a a bit of a run. He got blocked by the keeper and Mane was there to rebound. But Milner was part of that little passage of play as well. So, you know, I want to get your thoughts.
4: I mean, I'm going to say something really controversial, which is that I love Jordan Henderson. Uh, I mean, look, I I think that the, the goal that Henderson assists for Mane is three players making fantastic plays, right? Salah, Henderson being in the right place at the right time off of Diaz's press, mm-hmm. so, winning the ball immediately to Salah and seeing that he's going to make a run into a, into a blind spot in a blind area and getting himself forward when the opportunity arises rather than just trying to force yourself forward. Like, like th- this is a Henderson goal that actually comes from being restrained and taking what the defense gives you rather than actually trying to Force things that aren't there, right? Because that's when he plays at his best. He ju- is when he takes things that are that are given, and he just takes the space and he uses it wisely. This, the reverse ball from Salah to Henderson for the for the Mane goal is out of this world. It's a fantastic ball. It is insane vision. It is played perfectly. He get and then Mane with making that run gives Henderson a perfect opportunity to just square for an assist. That's a type of goal that you love seeing your team score, especially when you're you like seeing them score it when you're when you're at any point in the game, but. You know the way in which it scored today was just bringing some subs off the bench and then completely and totally just cementing Leeds' as misery by piling that goal on and then piling two more on in quick succession. That was nice. I like that. I don't like this lead side. Like I really, I really dislike them. And the sub that I wanted to see do exactly what he didn't do was I wanted to see uh, James Milner come out there and absolutely level past like, I, I Like I like. I wanted this. I wanted to see Milner like plant him in like the twelfth row of the King Kenny stand somehow, but that was not to be. We can't get everything we want.
2: No, we can't. I mean, he did have a shot that was blocked. You know, typical James Milner hard shot. But you know, um, Carl, I'll come to you. Uh, you, you know, uh, I love the fact that you know towards that time I was like ready to switch off and think right. Need to get ready for the post-match show. And Liverpool had other ideas because they turned on the attack again. And obviously we've spoken about um, the Sadio Mane um, goal. And then, of course, he, he got the second one with Origi, um, uh, obviously being an impact sub as well. And he's really impressed every time he's come on as well. And, you know, like you said, mysterious with the injuries and he's come back. And I think he surprises a lot of people with, you know, like, I don't know his strength and how he takes on players. And he, he, his ball control's gotten better. You know, I just felt like the ball just got a little bit away from him, where obviously the shot was blocked. I mean, and it kind of rebounded and ricocheted off the keeper. And, you know, Sadio Mane, right place, right time.
3: Yeah, I, I think when Oregon, I mean, it was somewhat overlooked on the weekend that, that obviously he came on against Norwich and I, I felt he, he made a difference because I think yeah. just his presence is his height, his size. It, it, it gave Norwich something different to, to think about. And I, I think that, that created more chances for the, the players around him. that there was more space and I mean again to tonight obviously maybe had less of an impact and, and less of an impact was required because we, we were out of sight by the point he came on but nonetheless you know Origi is gonna he's gonna come on he's, he's gonna work for the team and that's exactly what he does he, he makes a run he's found by Milner he goes in for a 50-50 with the keeper and obviously we get a little bit fortunate with the way the ball kind of springs out and hits off the defender's shin and, and finds it way nicely to Manet but you know Mane wasn't going to make any mistake from there he sweeps the ball into the back of the net and makes a 5-0 and you know it, it's just the, Origi's work rate obviously plays a part in that because you know he I wouldn't say that was a lost cause but what I would say about him is he will chase down any lost causes. Like he, he will run all night for the for this team and it, it's great to have that kind of player to to bring on. Um and obviously a play dividends with this goal.
2: Absolutely and Justin I'm gonna to come to you now because you know at ninety minutes you think it's short shot but obviously we've got into injury time. I think it ran about ninety third minute Robo Corner, Virgil van Dijk with a header. I mean I've been funny Buzzing, laughing, but what the hell was that defense doing? He literally had no one around him. Like, I would be furious well, as a Leeds fan. So
4: we've been talking about a lot about how Leeds defend one-on-one all over the pitch, and that's how Bielsa sets up every place, even corners. But the real problem with how Bielsa is doing this is also that none of his defenders are actually good defenders. So they're bad when it comes to this, and one-on-one defending. And yeah, nobody marked Van Dyke because they quit, right? They at five at five nil after Mane's last hole, they quit. They shouldn't have even surrendered that corner. They did. Not a, you know, it's a good enough ball in. Realistically, I think anybody could have hit that particular corner at that point in time and just found Van Dyke's head because that that that's just a team that quit and uh, yeah, you know what? Screw them. They deserve it. Back Very back glad back. we beat them very very glad we beat them this badly this is what you get for hurting harvey elliott
2: yeah absolutely and um carl i'll come to you because we were just having a good pre-chat i mean like what a wonderful night you know uh two centre-back score we're happy with that and we were talking and the last time that happened was of course against dortmund we had to kind of rejog our memories but just wonderful stuff from virgil van Dijk. you know he's gonna be a threat in the air and um I- I I can't think which team where he you know he was an absolute threat in the air and no one was marking him. Uh, the, the game escapes me now who it was against, but the defense was absolutely shocking for Virgil Van Dijk. There was nobody there, and I think Justin hit the nail on the head. They'd pretty much given up, you know, all the stuffing had been knocked out of them. But I love the fact that Liverpool just showed just so much aggression. It was like they had a little snooze in the middle of the game where they turned down the intensity, and then everything was just turning good for
3: them. Yeah, I think, you know, as you said, we kind of took the foot off the gas for for a good spell in the second half, but I think in the last 10 minutes or so, we just decided, oh, you know, let, let's just have a go here, see how many more goals we can get. And we managed to get three. Like, um, with, with Van Dyke's goal, I, I saw in the run up to the game a kind of a, a, a tip, let's say, that that uh, Van Dyke was a good bet for a goal because Liverpool, of course, have our top of the table for goals scored from set plays, and Leeds ahead of this game were second bottom. And um, so it looked a bit like a, a David versus Goliath in, in terms of defending set plays there for Leeds. And, um, it, you know, obviously it looks like, oh, maybe that one was wrong there. Van Dyke didn't get a goal. And then 90 plus six, he heads it in. It, it just kind of rubs salt on the wounds for, for Leeds, so to speak. And, um, it, it, it's, it's crazy to, to think we won six 0 on on a night in which we we really didn't put too much in. Like I, I I Gags was talking about the before the show. How obviously people are saying that that Chelsea have had this extra day's rest, but I think Chelsea will be that bit more tired because I think Lil worked them a lot harder than Leeds worked us tonight. Like, Chelsea needs to put in a hell of a lot more effort than, than we did and they won 2-0 and we're lucky to do so and we won 6-0 at a breeze. Like, it, it says it all for me. You know what's also kind of fun about every single time Virgil van
4: Dijk scores a header? Like, he scored against Leeds last season at Anfield. Hat tip to Dan Kennett for that piece of information. Um, but, uh, Every time Van Dyke scores a header like this, it also feels like he's you know like dunking a basketball with extreme force. Like he doesn't. It's not like none of these are like scruffy headers. Like when Van Dyke gets a gets a scores one from a corner, he is towering over everybody and putting the ball down like everybody's throat but on the way into the net. I love seeing it. It's 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 forceful. It's what you want from a center back who's that dominant.
2: The end of the I'm gonna have to get man of the match out. So, Justin, I'll come to you first.
4: My my man of the match tonight, yeah, Joel Mateep. I love it, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, moments make matches, and that moment made my match.
2: Yeah, I think it made it made my um. It might make the season. Who knows? Uh, he needs to score the, the the decisive one. But yeah, it's up there. It's brilliant. I'm smiling just thinking about it. What about you, uh, Carl?
3: It's tempting to go with Matip as well, certainly given yeah. that moment, but I, I think I'm going to go with Thiago. I just as I said, it, it just looked effortless for him on the night. Ah,
2: oh, but the thing is, Thiago always does amazing things. I'm tempted by Joel Matip now. Well, you know what, guys? Let us know your man of the match. I, I'll i probably give it to Joel Matip as well, um, just because he's just hilarious and he scored a wonderful goal today. But on, on a serious note, I thought Mo Salah had a phenomenal game as well. Um, you've got to give him a shout-out. He wasn't even performing at his best, but he still was absolutely devastating. Guys, that is the end of the Nina Kaza show. Thank you so much for everyone that joined us live. Thank you to our callers. Um, a massive thank you to these two, but before I let them go, I'm going to get some plugs. I'm going to come to you first. Carl, where can people find you on social media and is there anything you'd like to plug?
3: Yes, yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Um And as for plugging... Um... Nothing really. Um uh, myself and Guy. We we got we got a couple of things out for, for one up a few weeks ago with all the, the, the big news and the, the gaming area, but there hasn't been much um of late to talk about. So but hopefully we'll get a, a pod in the, the pipeline for before too long and, and I'll have something to plug next time I'm on. Wonderful,
2: wonderful stuff. Give give Carl a follow and Slim PJ says for him it was Curtis Omani. Good shouts. At- Uh, justin over to you where can people find you on social media and is there anything you'd like to plug
4: um so you can find me at either rolls on shabbos or if you're feeling a little bit more like you don't want to see someone rant about um well sports um you can also just follow lfcny the official supporters club of new york and um you know we have uh a charity raffle this weekend coming up for the LFC foundation. And then a little bit later on this season, we're going to be doing a canned food drive and fundraiser for a local food pantry. So as always, you know, I'm just going to give a plug to say, please help out people. Please help out um, those who are less fortunate than you because uh, you can, a little bit goes a long way.
2: Absolutely. And I think everyone on Anfield index and just in the Liverpool fan base, absolutely shared those sentiments as well. If you can help out, do help out. Guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, Thank you for joining us. And um, it's going to be great watching the final without a post-match show. Uh, I think Guy Drinkle will be taking over the hosting um, duties. Um, I'm excited about that as well. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Take care. Till next time. Up the Reds.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at AnfieldIndex, and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index.